it is everything you've been shown and the things you've adopted as beliefs. Because you get shown a lot of stuff, but what you get shown usually consistently are those things that affect your life, and you don't know what affects a kid's life. So that's how, you know, like when we talk about trauma or even when we talk about outlier moments that change people's lives. And they'll say, well, I had an uncle, and I remember he took me fishing, and he told me this one thing, and that thing stuck with me the rest of my life. That's like the antithesis of trauma. That's like the antithesis of the bad thing happening, and it stood out to you. Because there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that say a lot of good stuff. So this is not to say, like, all parents are bad or, you know, everybody's doing bad stuff. But consistency in well-doing will pay off because, like I was reading another book, compounding is real. Compounding is a universal law and it's real. Special guest on, we might even call him special anymore. He's just our guest because, <laughs> you know, he's the guy now that's been in the house for a while, so now you allow him to go to the refrigerator and get him something to drink and maybe make him a sandwich now. So he's a part of the family. Even though he's a guest, I don't know if he's that special right now. So are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. You hear I can hear you. Okay, good morning, good morning. All right, good, good, good morning, good morning. This is our guy, Mr. Lewis Fields, out of OHIO. And uh, we have Lewis on on Fridays just to stretch our thoughts, uh, have him talk about certain things that he's experienced and the things that he's done in his life that help him to advance and to take him from, I would say, the bottom of the pit to actually out of the pit, and uh, you know he can insert some of that stuff within this, this his answers and the stories that uh, that he's going to give this morning. I actually let somebody know last night, late last night, and she said, "Oh snap, I forgot!" But she was already loaded and locked and loaded with some questions for you. That was pretty cool, and I got that actually this. Yeah, I got those questions actually late last night, which was early this morning. I'm going to go over those, or at least try to throw some of these out to you, sir, and you give us your your best rendition of yourself and, you know, your strategy and things of that sort. I get a question here. Tony, I thought Big Lou lived in Atlanta. No, he's in Ohio. <laughs> you taking the magic. Okay. <laughs> Say, I don't know if you know about the world-renowned Magic City and the Cheetah Club, so all oh, the dirty deacon say he's going to take you there. Let you, check. <laughs> <laughs> Let you check out the view, I guess. So, but no, he's, he's up in all. Hey, man, you never know what's coming from the deacon. You know, as soon as he leaves the uh, service, he let's go. <laughs> but no, man, we I got a question that I want to start off with. This young lady asked, many people would be offended by being told they have a predatory mindset. Now, 
Why do you call a predatory mindset when a person doesn't see how their life impacts their community? Now, I guess this is something you talked about last week when I wasn't on, because I don't remember you using that term, but maybe you have. Maybe you used it in the past. I just don't remember. So let me repeat it again. She says, how many people would be offended by being told they have a predatory mindset? Why do you call it a predatory mindset when a person doesn't see how their life impacts their community? Okay. No, she's probably basing that on we did a whole – I did a whole thing on the predatory mindset in one of the interviews that we recorded while I was still incarcerated. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I missed that. Well, I'm not missing it. I just don't remember it. Maybe once you start talking about it, I'll get it. Okay, the concern with the predatory mind and why I call someone that's not aware of their purpose or place or how they're interconnected to society, to their through themselves, their family, wherever their job is, their community, the you know, they don't see the interconnectedness. I was talking about like even driving on the street, the responsibility we got. Like, okay, it's a holiday weekend. Um, you got a responsibility that if you're going, if you're a person that drink, you're a person that smoke or do whatever it is that you do with your life personally, you got a responsibility to everybody else on the road to know that you're intoxicated and you shouldn't be behind the wheel because you're going to affect other people. And we should care if people are overindulging and then driving because it, it can affect us. Here in Youngstown, two young men lost their lives two nights ago, 3 o'clock in the morning driving fast on a back road, flew off the road, didn't have a seatbelt on and died. It was 21 and like 20 or something. Those types of decisions affect all the communities, all, all, all the society. And when you don't look at society like that, you have the mind of a predator. And the reason why I say you have the mind of a predator is when you're in a predatory mindset, that paradigm of a predator, all you care about is you. All you care about is eating. All you care about is what you can consume. How will it affect you? That's all you care about is how can I benefit from every transaction, from every relationship. A community mindset, a mindset based upon, because I'm a Christian, so we can't get around that commandment. You know, in the scriptures, we go all over the place and try to dig deep and twist things. But the hardest thing is to do unto others as you would do unto you. Doing to others as you would want others to do unto you. That's the hardest commandment because what it does is it puts you in the responsibility seat of humanity. Because we always want, I was talking to somebody uh, last night. I said, the whole idea of vacation, you go down to the islands. These are the poorest countries in the world, the most miserable despair, poverty, crime, corruption. But on the corner of the island, they'll build a little paradise. And we'll pay top dollar to go be in that exclusive paradise with the gates up. And they'll tell you, don't travel outside of this. And we'll say how beautiful this how beautiful this island is. And I love it down there. But that's a farce. It's like the Disney World covering up the shacks of Florida. You know, the poverty in Florida. Like, this ain't real. It's still it's like when you say watching TV. 
going to the bottom of the bottle to find this distraction. This ain't real because the reality of it is, how is this island in progress like this, but we got so much abundance over here? It should matter. It should bother our conscience. Now, I'm not saying don't go on a vacation, even if you go for vacation. So I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is life is set up. Like we are talking, we own automatic. The automatic is the government, businesses, the banks have come together to set life up as automatically as they can to never have you feel something bad. Everything has to be a feel-good thing. Everything has, And that's what happens when you're a predator. Because it's fun to sit at the table and everybody else can cook the food, everybody else can wash the dishes and just eat. It's tough to be the person that got to go out and catch the chicken, slaughter the chicken, get the blood on his hands, smell the stink, defeather the chicken, put the meal together, set the table, go through the adversity, you know, sit there in the hot kitchen to cook the meal and set tables for others. That's a whole different mindset. And it changes something inside of you, and it's when you find happiness. You will never find what that people call happiness, contentment, joy, whatever you want to call it, the peace that you seek, you will only find that in the service of others. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the reason why I say what I say, is that that's what we really built for. You know, we've been trained to be uncaring. We've been trained to not see the other side of the tracks. You know, we've been trained to go to church every Sunday, these historic churches that was built in these hoods and whatnot. Well, a lot of them built new buildings not in the suburbs, but them old churches that's been there. My great-grandmama went to that church, and the whole community died. But you got a church on every corner. We've been trained to drive through that and not see that and take no responsibility for that. Mm. Wow. I, I, I've been noticing something else. Everybody now the generic the generic thing, and I'm probably gonna offend some people with this, but I've been known to be a little sometimes. <laughs> the generic ideology of oh, the government put all the liquor stores in the hood and the buildings ain't no good. I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm gonna say this. As you drive through a suburb, start looking. It just looks different. They drink in the suburbs too. It's liquor all throughout the suburbs, bars. Grocery stores sell liquor, liquor stores. Dry, it's still, like in the other time, it's still drive-through liquor stores in suburbs and in the hood, but in the suburbs, they still got drive-through liquor stores. The thing I saw that's different between the wealthy houses, the wealth, where the wealthy people live at, where the crime rate is low, education level is high, and uh, responsibility is a little different, it ain't the liquor stores, it's the amount of churches. I said, how on the earth? In the poorest parts of the city, there is literally, I'm not exaggerating, literally a church on every corner. If I walk five blocks, I'll see ten churches. And then when you go to the most wealthy places, you might see one big church, and it's always going to have a school connected to it or something, or some type of center or something that's serving the community. And then you won't see a church forever, but you'll see all this wealth and this abundance and all this industry and these banks. And all these people that create things and do and provide service at a high level, roofing companies and whatnot. And I'm like, that's the difference. That's the difference we got to get into. But I'm not going to say no more about that. So what was the next question, Mr. Flynn? <laughs> the answer was, to me, was a, a great answer. I mean, you said it the way I would probably say it. And, and it's interesting to see or hear from people on the other end. Why do you feel that or... 
can't deny that it is a church on every corner almost. Why do we have the things that happen to us when we have something in the area and a bunch of those locations that preach against most of the stuff that's happening? That's the question that need to be asked, and I'd like to get answers from you guys, you know, while we're on the call today. Just send a little short text and say, why do you think that's happening? Why do you think the spiritual locations people are not not only attending, just not even listening to the information that's being taught? What are your thoughts about that and why you think that's what's going on? Uh, but I have a few more questions I want to ask that were sent to me by the same person. Here's a second one. Since children spend more of their time around their parents and other people in their usual environment, what steps and strategies do you use for them to learn that they have to do parts that they don't like to, to be successful in reaching their goals? Man. Either I'm reading that wrong, or that question. It might, it might be talking about. I, I know I spoke on because I, I think this is one of the main keys that any parent can give a kid. This is one of the best legacy lessons you can get them. Is that you will have to do things you don't want to do to get things done. When you can teach a kid that, you set them up for success. That everything ain't gonna come easy, and a lot of stuff ain't gonna be fun. But it's a necessary thing to accomplish goals. So I think I know I, I did a uh, I know we talked about that kind of um, in depth. So I'm guessing or assuming that's what it's referring to about teaching kids that they're gonna have to do things they don't like to do. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's if that's in terms of it, well, it's by it's by doing it. It's like with anything, you got to get in there and do it it's by repetition. So I believe. I believe mm-hmm. the beginning of a child, when they got them at the early, you know, you always talk about like at three to six and whatnot and all how the mind mm-hmm. works and everything is mm-hmm. put in there. If you don't teach your kid authority, if you don't teach your kid to understand authority and obey authority and obey rules, so how does that show up in life? Your kid five, y'all go into the amusement park. Y'all park. He hop out the door and take off running across the parking lot. That could happen because he's a kid, and it don't mean he didn't train him. The test is when he hop out and take off across the parking lot, and you say, John, if he don't stop like he been hit, you know, froze like his freeze tag, mm-hmm. you got some problems on your way because he needs to understand that when you say stop, it stops. So when you see a kid, please stop. Oh, Jenny, why are you doing that? Oh, please put your shoe on. Where's your coat? You know what you're setting yourself up for? That's only 16, 17. And you tell me, I didn't raise them like that. It's going to be tough. You will reap what you say. You go kind because you compound it towards rebellion. Because think about this. This is a four- or five-year-old child. You're the only thing they know. And you can't tell them to stop. And then you're going to send them to school and say, I don't know what's wrong with the teachers. They don't listen to you. So that's the first step. And then to answer the question, mm-hmm. once you get done, once you once you get the authority issue straightened out, they're going to do what you do. 
they gonna say what you say. That's why if you talking to your girlfriends and y'all call each I remember my mother, they call each other heifers when I was growing up. So <laughs> what's that? <laughs> they, still, they, still, they still use that term. <laughs> yeah. And you know that girl talking or what not talking stuff. This was a real little kid. And you come in, I'm like, what's up, Heifer? Like, what you call me? And it was a big deal. But right. but they had to realize, well, this is what we say in front of him, and we call each other helpers, so he do it. So okay. it wasn't good or bad, but it showed that a kid is learning. A kid is talking up all he is doing. That's why we all, everything you think, or you talking about that paradigm in the beginning, we all talking mm. about paradigm. It is everything you've been shown and the things you've adopted as beliefs. Because you get shown a lot of stuff, but what you get shown usually consistently or those things that affect your life, and you don't know what affects a kid's life. So that's how, you know, like when we talk about trauma or even when we talk about um, outlier moments that change people's lives. And they'll say, well, I had an uncle, and I remember he took me fishing, and he told me this one thing, and that thing stuck with me the rest of my life. That's like the antithesis of trauma. That's like the antithesis of the bad thing happening, and it stood out to you. Because there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that say a lot of good stuff. So this is not to say, like, all parents are bad or, you know, everybody's doing bad stuff. But consistency in well-doing will pay off because, like I was reading another book, compounding is real. Compounding is a universal law and it's real. When the kid's six and seven and you take him to the restaurant and he's sitting up like a little man at the seat and you ask him, what do you want? And he's starting to read. You make him read the menu and you make him make a choice and you make him order the meal. Why are you doing that? Because you're training him to be a man. This is the years to do it. You're training him how to properly act in society. You know, you're training him how, here, hit the button so we can go across the street. I saw something beautiful. I was at the grocery store. This was last week or earlier this week, whenever it was. So the mother and her little son, they come out with the cart. He put the bags in. She watching. She don't help. She put it. She watch him put the bags in. He closed the door. And he said, what do we do now? He said, I got to take the cart over. And she said, okay. And she stood at the, at the rear of the car, and she watched him. And she said, did you look both ways? No, I didn't. Look both ways. Is it safe? Yeah, I mean, she broke. I'm sitting there like, damn, then it with tears in my eyes just smiling. So, like, that's how it's done. That, But that's, that takes time. It takes dedication. And every trip has got to be done like that because if not, they got to figure it out on their own. And then we'll be talking about, oh, that's common sense. You should just know that when they're 16. No, they didn't. Who done taught them that? Who done showed them that step by step? Every trip. Every trip. Yeah. And that's what parenting is. That's what I was telling you. You got to teach them to do stuff that's tough. That boy didn't want to put them groceries in there. That boy didn't want to take that cart. But through consistency, he'll understand that's a responsibility. So then he won't leave the cart out there if somebody car get hit or cause an accident. I, I got a question. And I know this is going to be interesting how you answer this because, you know, we got some serious Thoughts on this subject. You got a kid. First of all, let me say this little uh, TikTok video I saw that was interesting. And it made a point, though, but it was like, huh. And I don't know if any of you all on here seen that seen this little TikTok commercial where a lady and her daughter or her little boy, I don't know, it was, you couldn't tell, was on a, was on a plane. And... Uh, there's a guy that was sitting across from them in on the same row. You know, you got the aisle, and he's sitting on the other side of the aisle. But on that side, that was the window. And her daughter gets nervous if she can't get to a window. It was just him in an open seat. 
So she said, sir, do you, do you mind if uh, we sit there and you swap with us? Because my daughter is, and I think her daughter's like seven or eight years old or something. She gets nervous, you know, what she's like just riding. She gets very nervous on the plane. Mm-hmm. So he looked at her. He said, yeah, I understand. I understand. And he says, uh, but no. <laughs> she says, she says, why not? He says, we need to teach her a lesson at an early age. I think it's better for her to realize that she can't have everything she wants. <laughs> she can't do it. And the lady was looking at him like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to teach her a lesson very early that even though she can get it, even though she wants it, you can't have everything you want in life. And then the commercial ends and goes away. But it was hilarious to me or funny to me because he caught them all off guard, including myself, to say, uh, oh, yeah, you can get it. I mean, yeah, you, but no, I'm not. Because I want to teach her a lesson. I know she probably was thinking, why are you trying to teach my daughter a lesson? I'm going to do it. But what are your what are your thoughts on when you parent? And even though I know uh, you don't have a kid, but everybody has a thought on that when it comes to uh, spanking a child. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because mm. I... <laughs> The, the I think we talked about, about this one day, and I was like, oh, okay. The, the thing we we talked about, I mean, uh, the very, um, the story that you just gave about the commercial or whatever, or, mm-hmm. the story it's perfect. It aligns with responsibility society, teaching kids, you're going to have to have tough lessons in life. You, you're not going to always get your way. You are going to have to uh, have a discipline to fight through some hard circumstances, and the circumstances are going to be against you. But you're going to have to fight through because then you're going to build up their muscles of reserve and resiliency to know when tough stuff happens, oh, I can make it through this. I fully agree with the commercial. I, I think that's great, or whatever it was, the illustration, whatever whatever it was on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think that's great due to the fact. Now, it's great if it becomes a teaching lesson, and that is this, and this is going to go right into the spanking. There is a time to correct the child through spanking. So the problem is, as parents, because we still misguided and we still dealing with some bad paradigms and do things through emotion versus principle and moral, we spank out of anger. And a kid can tell it comes out of anger versus out of authority. And that's two different things. Okay, so, so were you were you spanked as a child, and do you think if you were, do you think that it helped you or or didn't? No, it didn't help because it was helter skelter. It was all over the place. It was never any. We didn't have a plan. There was no guided outcome as to why I'm getting the spanking. I'm getting the spanking because you didn't get mad. So what this teaches me is when you get mad, you should hit somebody. You see, that's the difference between spanking out of authority and spanking out of anger. The spanking should come with the lecture. The spanking should come with the understanding of why this behavior is wrong, and I'm spanking you because you disobeyed. I'm not spanking you because you mad. Because, see, spankings usually come out of, I'm sick of you making all this MF noise. You see, I told you to sit your ass down. I'm sick of this. I, I, where your daddy at? And now you beating the kid. So he hearing all this. So this is the, this is the recording that's going with the discipline. 
I heard, I heard a, a, a exchange, an exchange. A lady that was overwhelmed, stressed out, wanted her granddaughter to order, open the door. Now, she was older. This wasn't a spanking. But I'm just talking about the words you said, how discipline mm-hmm. go with it. So the daughter was probably caught up, granddaughter, whatever she was doing. But it wasn't her. Nobody told her as a child, this is your responsibility. When I call your name, I expect you to come and say, yes, ma'am. Or, or yes, mother, or yes, father. You understand what I'm saying? See, when you turn the child up like that, we see kids like that, and we look at it and we're amazed by it. But that's how it should be. So then when she's 13, 14, and you want her to open up the door because you're busy doing something else and you calling her to open up the door, then it ain't, oh, I do it myself. All you do is just make more work for me and, and take money out of my pocket. I'm so sick of this shit. So what's she thinking? Like, well, damn, I just didn't hear you say open up the door. So it ain't about the door. It's about your frustration. And as a parent, because you took the responsibility to be a parent, it's your responsibility to that child to teach out of authority and not anger. So now the kid, for instance, we're going to go back to the five-year-old that jump out at the amusement park. He jumped out. We understand this. Kids do stuff like that because they don't understand the bigger repercussions. That's what we parenting, to teach them the bigger picture. They teach them the disciplines and morals and values. So they run out. You say, John, he stops. Come back. God, you know we don't do that. Why did you do that? I don't know. I was just so excited. You can't become so excited that you lose track of how we behave. You understand that? Now, if you do that again, there's going to be repercussions. Do you understand? Yeah. See, it's the communication. But a lot of times out of fear because we're scared, you can cuss the kid out. You just snatched him up by his throat. You didn't abuse him. So you done lost the whole purpose of what you was trying to do because you're moving out of fear and emotion. Now, let's say Johnny don't stop. Johnny just take off running across the parking lot. So when you grab Johnny, you take Johnny back to the car, you explain to him, Johnny, you know you're not supposed to do that, don't you? Yes, I know, but there is no but. You can't become so excited that you do so. Now you teach him, and now you whoop his ass. Because he understands I got my ass whooped because I didn't listen to what I'm being taught. This is the lesson. And since I can't do it through the start, that's why voice inflection, all those things are real. You can tell somebody unhappy with you. A kid can most definitely tell it. I showed you I was unhappy with you. That wasn't good enough. So the sanction must rise up. So now the sanction is the whooping. But the whooping ain't out of anger. It's out of authority. So now, you know, I don't want to get my ass warm. So the next time we get someplace where I'm going to wait. And that's a big difference. Now, that's not, oh, who can do that? It's too much time. and I ain't got enough time. I got enough. Listen, yes, you do. You just don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. Because right. it's tough because, because you ain't learned the lesson that doing things that you don't want to do right. is the way to success. Right. It's all the same right. thing. Right. You don't right. 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 It's 22, 32, 62, 82. This game worked the same way. It's like basketball. The court the same size, the hoop 10 feet. You got the last suspension and it worked the same way. It ain't no difference. You can't get around it. It's responsibility. You don't want to take the responsibility to rear your own kid. So right. you want to label him as being dysfunctional in some way. Oh, he's just bad. He got ADHD. I don't know what's right. wrong with him. I think they got a developmental problem. The school ain't doing it. When you going to look at you in the mirror, that's your child. That's your child. You are not rearing your child. It comes down to responsibility. So you got to stop. So guess what? Management of activity. How do you spend your days? When you got that lunch break, are you reading a book? Well, let me read child parenting. Let me 
Let me look at Brother Umar or something. He talked about them kids. Let me read a book. Let me let me do something. Let me let me get something to improve me in being a parent. Because clearly I don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. Like this stuff, I ain't making this up from from right. uh what I'm guessing. This comes from reading and like right, 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 right. all the interventions I need to stop me from what I see. This is real. This ain't for sure. Right. I ain't saying this right. I want to talk bad about and if you feel somebody talking bad about you, what you're saying is I'm not willing to make the investment in my child's future. That's what you if you feel bad by this and you feel bad like, oh, he just criticizing parents, he don't know. What you're saying, I'm not willing to make the investment in my child's future. Because I'm not criticizing your parenting. I'm giving you a style to run with. And when you really want to do something, you happy to get the style to run with. It's like saying you sick and here goes the medicine. You don't say, oh, you're just trying to make me feel bad. I'm already sick. No, you get the, the elixir that makes you better. And that comes through specialized learning. Like Napoleon Hill said. Like, now for that, that was one of the key things that the mastermind and specialized learning. Because you can learn a whole bunch of stuff, but it'd be stupid stuff. It don't help you none. We're watching a Lincoln lawyer. We're keeping up with power. We're waiting on BMF to come back on. But you ain't got time. Yes, you do. Have you watched a movie? Have you listened to a song? You had time. Right. You had time to right. take that five minutes to read. Because if you just read a chapter, because like I tell, right. I used to tell these in the class, they weren't strong readers. But a book can overwhelm a person. You give them a whole book, and you're like, man, I can't read this whole book. I know I ain't going to read it. That's cool. This is what you do. The chapter's got titles on them. Find a, find a chapter that got something that you're interested in, and just read that chapter. Just read a couple lines. Just keep reading until you hit something you care about. Just doing that every day. Get you about three or four pairs of books and just look through them for something that, that you can use for right there in that time and that day. Right. It'll improve. It'll give you ahead of the curve. That's cool. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But that's going to take the management of your activity, what's important to you. Because if you don't do that, what you're saying is, my child's future and outcomes are not that important to me, so I'm not invested. Because you know the gossip at the job. You know the gossip at Tava. You went to the you went to the Tava because you know what you might not need to go to a Tava thing. You might need to spend some time reading and spending some time with your kids because you got to have you know you got to weigh these things. Right. Because four hours we get the thing that makes us common is the twenty four hours we get to invest them however we want to and people do what they want to do. People don't do what they they think they should do. People don't do what they talk about. People do what they want to do. When people say they don't have time, I always say you can't say that, but people do when they say they don't have time. I always say, so what you're telling me, that when you leave work at 5.30, between that time and 12 o'clock at night, you don't have time to fit in 30 minutes or an hour doing this. That means that you every night you're locked in. And I'm like, that can't be true. The can't be. You gotta. You gotta stop. Yeah, because you done, you done turned on that news, or you done turned on that television show, or you done watch something between that time. And it's not like you there and you just doing this work and you homeschooling. And you just doing. You like, oh, I gotta go to sleep. I don't have time. No, you just don't want to make time for it. Push it to the 